0: Well, Julia Kreutz, that is a wild way to end a ball game. I got to say, the way that inning was setting up in the ninth, the bottom of the ninth inning in Pittsburgh at PNC Park, a lot of Jays fans there, lots of Jays fans, uh, all, all series long in Pittsburgh. So kudos for all of them for showing up and showing out at PNC Park. But the way the inning set up, a leadoff single a ball that deflects off of Jordan Romano. I'm not even sure even ball was shifted pretty heavily. So I'm not entirely sure they would have turned a double play, even if it hadn't deflected off of Romano, but either way it did. And then something that actually kind of sort of rubbed me the wrong way was that they let the runner get from first to second without a throw. They weren't even challenging no outs guys on second and third. That would have been the game-winning run, the runner at, at second base. But Romano, the uh, the man from Markham, the Markham maniac, whatever you want to call him, he recovers to strike out Van Meter. Marcano and Newman in order to wrap things up. Fantastic stuff. Just absolutely, truly fantastic stuff from Jordan from Jordan Romano today for the save.
1: Yeah, a little bit of bad luck, I would say. A tough bounce there, uh, regardless of whether or not that was going to be an out. It's a, It's a tough way to surrender a base hit and still get hit in the process. But Jordan Romano, once again, showing the level of focus and determination. He was absolutely in the zone, mostly strikes here for for Romano. I believe he had maybe two balls in the in in, uh, in the pitches that he threw today, which tells you just how focused and in and, and, and uh, in the zone he really was. We have seen him do this time and time again, but when you have runners on second and third and nobody out, it's uh, more often than not I would say it turns into heartbreak in that situation and it, it could have very easily. Uh, Bounced a different way, but once again he locked in three strikeouts in a row, which is pretty phenomenal. Uh, all things considered, they're not allowing any contact I- in order to, to to retire the side and make sure that the Blue Jays uh, came away with that very very narrow win to close out the series in in Pittsburgh.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Jordan Romano has been phenomenal all season long, and. As we have gotten later into this season, Juliet, it certainly feels like as though he has. it's not as though he he wasn't settled early on. In fact, he was a big part of a lot of those one-run wins in April and May and June, and that has continued. He's been pretty consistent over the course of the season, but now that he's not being used, it's funny to say this because he was being used, I feel like, for many games in a row, and he was used yesterday and he was used today, and I have no doubt that if the situation calls for it, you will probably see and hear Jordan Romano at some point tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be in game one or game two the double header. Uh, if they can avoid using him, I'm sure they will, but, Romano, by all accounts, is the kind of guy who goes up there and says, I want the ball. I want to have that ball and I want to be the guy on the mound to close things out. So and and here's the thing. If he says that to the coaching staff, based on what we've seen this season so far, no one's going to no one's going to really argue or quibble with him because he has been so talented and so so consistently dominant so far this season. Yeah. Has he had a couple blow ups? Sure, every every reliever in baseball will have those, but he has been very, very consistent. In a season where inconsistency is a word we've used a lot, he has been one of the very few consistent parts of this lineup.
1: And he's throwing the ball hard to show. He almost touched 99 today. He became the first Blue Jays pitcher this season, this season earlier in the season to throw 100 miles per hour. It's really impressive to see... Not only his consistency, but how he's actually getting better on the mound as the season progresses. It's not just that the Blue Jays can count on Jordan Romano. It's the fact that he keeps evolving. And in his own words, he keeps fighting time and time again. When things get tough, he finds a new level of focus and determination, and he makes sure that he gets those outs for the Blue Jays, whether it's three outs or four or five as we have seen him produce already a few times this year, especially under John Schneider as the interim manager. The fact of the matter is that when you look at closers in the game, you have a guy like Kenley Jansen, you have Edwin Diaz, Josh Hader when he's good, which
0: hasn't been for a while. Eh, but it's, yeah. been, it's
1: been <laughs> shaky for sure. <laughs> and then you have Jordan Romano. There are very few closers in baseball that can give you what Jordan Romano has, has been giving the blue Jays and, that's, that's really um, exciting to think about. Kind of surprising. I think we all knew that Jordan Romano was a good closer, but he's really found a new gear this year. And it's, it's no accident that more than once he has been named reliever of the week or reliever of the month in, in the American League because he just keeps doing it and he keeps finding new ways to, to let the Blue Jays come away with a win. It's been really impressive to see.
0: I see a text here on the text line uh, from Sam and Hamilton. Uh, hey, guys, do you think the Blue Jays have found their franchise closer? Man, I sure hope so. I sure hope Jordan Romano is a Blue Jay for the uh, for the foreseeable future. Actually, Buck Martinez was on with, I, I think it was Blair and Barker earlier in the week, and, and uh, Barker, I think, asked... Buck, if if he feels that maybe Romano still with all the things he's been doing, does he still not get enough credit? And Buck not only said, yes, he does think that, but also that he com- he basically compared him to Tom Hankey and Dwayne Ward. And those are two very uh, large names in the franchise history of the Toronto Blue Jays. So to be compared to anyone like that, I think is an honor and Jordan Romano has been has been good. I I don't want to see him overused necessarily yeah. in the in the not too distant future because there are a lot of ball games, right? And I think it's it is kind of weird to look at the schedule because there's an off day coming on, I believe it is Thursday. There's an off day I think on the on September 19th and then I believe there's another off day on the 29th. So there are three off days this uh this month of September between now and the end of the month. But there are also two double headers in the next couple of weeks. There's a double header tomorrow, and there's a double header against the Rays the following week. So it it kind of makes up for the fact that there are a number of off days. So there are a lot of baseball to be played in the month of September. Is what I'm saying against very good opponents, opponents that you will want to have Jordan Romano rested for. I am again, I, I don't think concerned is the right word for what I when I think about Romano because he's been so so good and so consistent. But at the same time, you don't want to overwork him because there was a concern about that with him being kind of redlined back in yeah may june or so
1: that's a fascinating discussion when you have a guy that's been as dominant as romano and who is as willing to come out and and just do whatever it it takes as romano is i'm not sure how much score watching the blue jays are doing during their games but you take a look around. The Orioles are losing. It's a very close game between the Mariners and the Guardians. Very close game between the Yankees and the Rays. And you look at a four-three lead in the ninth inning, and you go, "Okay, we really need to close this one out. Let's not leave anything to chance." Because there haven't been many opportunities to actually gain ground on the teams that the Blue Jays are competing for uh, for that wild card spot in the American League. When when an opportunity like that presents itself you'd better lock it down. And that's exactly what Jordan Romano has done pretty much every single time he has pitched for the Blue Jays this season. And again, to think about the fact that he surrendered back-to-back singles there, singles that kind of came by way of of a little bit of bad luck and then just locking it down for three straight straight strikeouts and, and giving the Blue Jays exactly what they needed there. I really can't say enough about how impressive that was. Sure, we talk a lot about Jordan Romano, but in moments like these, he sort of reminds us that there's there's much more that's still left to say about a guy like that.
0: That's Julia Kreutz from MLB.com. I'm Show Ali. You're listening to Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network as we break down the Jays' four three win to complete the sweep of the Pirates at PNC Park. As we're discussing, Jordan Romano slamming the door with three straight Ks in the ninth inning. Give us a call, 416-870-0590, 1-888-666-0590, star 590 on your cell. I already read a text, but you can keep them coming, 590-590, name and location, that's the text line. I see a number here, so we'll get to those uh, before we get out of here at the top of the hour. But uh, let's go to the phone lines. Eddie calling in from Fort Erie. Eddie, how's it going? Welcome to Jays Talk.
2: Thank you, Sho and Julia. Thanks for having me on. Um, I, want, I have a couple of things I want to talk about first about the series. Um, happy we got the sweep, but I wish that they should have scored, you know, a lot of runs in that series because, you know what, I hate to put the Pirates down, but, you know, that's like something you should really, you know, you should beat up on them quite a bit. But, uh, But, you know what, I get, but at the same time, when you face a team, Like the Pirates, you can get away with a whole bunch of things because you know that, you know, they're going through a rebuild. They don't have a lot of household names until, you know, it backfires on you just like it did in that bottom of the ninth. You know, I was, like, wondering why as well. I can't believe that they they let Allen go to second base with nobody out. But, you know, you can get away with that, I suppose. So I'm I'm happy that we got the sweep. Now, the other thing I want to talk about was tomorrow. I know it was probably mentioned by Ben Wagner and I just want to know for sure, G- Gosman is going to start the first game with a doubleheader, right?
0: Yeah, it's going to be Gosman and Barrios tomorrow. Okay,
2: now I like that because
0: anytime that Gosman
2: starts a series, he always finds a way to set the tone to you know for the series to go. And you know what? With with how much that the Blue Jays had to use their bullpen in the last two games, I'm very very happy that they're going to start with him because you know what? If he has and not like another great outing where he goes deep into like the seventh, eighth, or ninth, I, you you gotta feel pretty good about that about your chances about that tomorrow, especially in a big series against Baltimore in a doubleheader, as well. You know,
0: absolutely. Hey, Eddie, thanks for the call, man. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the long weekend. I uh, I agree. I I also think that Gosman wants to have. From everything we have heard him speak about this, going all the way back to the last time he played the Orioles, that feels like it was a thousand years ago, but I think that was only, what, about a month ago or six weeks ago or something like that. Maybe it was even before the All-Star break. Gosh, time all runs together when we see all these games in a row. But whenever Gosman last played the Orioles, he got shelled. Like He did not play very, very, very well at all, certainly up to the standards we have seen him play before that and after that. And going up against his former team, a team he played a a lot of spent a lot of time with at Camden Yards, no less. I think you want to you fans, media, we all want to see him do well. But I got to think that no one wants to see him dominate the Orioles more than he himself.
1: That's exactly what he said last time out, too. He said something along the lines of, I wish I could have gone out there and shoved (laughs) and shoved. Right. Because that's that's my former team. And that's kind of how I wanted it to go. It, did, it didn't work out for him very well. I think he was... That was the game in which he said something along the lines of, for whatever reason, I didn't have the energy. So, yeah, everyone has those days. Every pitcher will have those days from time to time. It happens extremely rarely for Kevin Gosman. And he will find a way to set the tone for sure. Uh, that's That's what he's been doing so far. If he can stay healthy, if he can find that energy, that extra gear, then... He will set the tone for that entire series. When it comes to scoring runs against the Pirates, you're right. Caller has a good, makes a good point. I think that, uh, again, we saw the Blue Jays kind of squander some opportunities with runners in scoring position. Three for nine is certainly better than yesterday's one for 11. Again, when you're dealing with the Pirates, you should probably score a little bit more consistently than that, a little bit more often than that when given the chance. When you when you look at the box score though, there were contributions up and down the lineup, right? Teoscar Teoscar Hernandez finished with a, with two runs in an RBI. You have Alejandro Kirk with the or excuse me two hits in an RBI. Same for Alejandro Kirk, Whit Merrifield who uh, that double play was pretty bad to to end the inning there with the, with the bases loaded. But before that, he also had a hit in an RBI. Jansen contributing, Kevin Biggio with. Another home run. He's starting to look really, really good when it matters here. There are several positives to take away offensively from uh, from this series. We know that the Blue Jays sort of encountered a little bit of a cold spell offensively. But what we've seen against the Pirates is maybe a turn of the tide. Not perfect by any means but it gives you just enough to build on coming into this new series against the Orioles and uh thankfully for the Blue Jays the pitching side can, continues to be just tremendous day in day out this pitching staff is giving them nine solid innings so good to see and by no means it was a perfectly it was it perfect offensively but Plenty of silver linings, plenty of positives and uh, and and things to build off of as they go to Baltimore.
0: A lot of important games coming up here. A four-game set against the Baltimore Orioles coming up next starting tomorrow on Monday with that doubleheader. A day off on Thursday. Uh, maybe a slightly easier slate against the Rangers next weekend, but then series against the Rays, the O's again, the Phillies, the Yankees. It's going to be a tough September, and we'll see how the Blue Jays respond to a uh, the, probably the toughest part of their schedule to wrap the season. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines again, 416-870-0590, 666 590 star 590 on your mobile device. Billy calling in from Markham. Billy, I know you're a big fan of talking tactics. So, What did you make of the Jays letting the runner get to second without a throw from Danny Jansen?
3: I absolutely couldn't believe it. I really couldn't believe it. And once again, the Jays get away with something that they should. I was hoping for a base hit. I was saying, please lose this game. Why are you giving up second base? If you back the infield up and give up a run, and we all know that our, that our pitcher out there is a strikeout pitcher and there's a chance that he could do what he did, why are you giving them the chance to win the game with a, a blue single? I don't, I don't get that at all. I think we got away with it today, the whole series. We didn't hit the whole series, except for maybe Bichette got a little bit hot. But but, but other than that, Vlad Guerrero, again, again, when we need a big base hit off for you, you swing at a slider or a curve or something off the plate and hit into a double play. And by the way, Vlad, you, you know, I know there's a certain uh, announcer there that says, uh, Caleb Joseph says, well, you know what, Dave McKay told me a long time ago, just run 45 feet. Vlad, you cannot be out by 20 feet at first base when, when the shortstop double-clutches the ball. You've got to run through the bag on that. I'm getting tired of, of this from Vladdy. Vladdy, you have got to do a lot better than that. And then finally, the, the question I have to ask is, did the Pirates manager, did he have money on this game? Seriously, did, did he bet the Blue Jays in
0: this game when he when what he put is, Billy, when he put Dwayne Underwood in there, I was sitting in here and thought to myself, after what we saw yesterday, I could not believe Underwood was getting into this game.
3: Well, not only that, but look in the last in the last inning. You okay, they got the first two guys on, seven, eight, nine. Okay, first of all, no pinch hitters come up for those guys, but when you finally decide to pinch hit for somebody, you pinch hit for their catcher Heineken. Well, where was Heineken? Was he not with the Blue Jays earlier in the year? Has he not caught Romano in the bullpen? If, if there's anybody that knows him, it's him. And he's a left-handed stick. And you bring a right-handed guy off the bench to, to, to face him. And I'm not surprised that, um, you, you, you know, our, our closure just, made, just put him away easily. I, I could not understand this from the Pirates manager. Again, guys, I'm happy that we won. I'm rooting for... Tampa Bay to come back against the Yankees. Because, guys, let's stop thinking about the wildcard spot. If the Yankees lose today, we're five games behind them, and we, we should be thinking winning the damn pennant. Forget about the wild card spot, although I know, we're, I know we're up against it. That's what we'll take. But this Yankee team is free-falling, and there's no reason why we can't set our sights on trying to run them down. If we take care of Tampa, we take care of Baltimore, we'll be fine. But I'll, I'll tell you something. This game was handed to us today. We should have lost this one. We won it. I'm happy. But that Pirates manager, all I got to say to you is thank you very much. That's it, guys.
0: Hey, Billy, thanks for the call, man. Thanks for calling into Jay's talk. Enjoy your long weekend. Yeah. The, the pirates manager. I mean, look, there's a reason the pirates have clinched a losing season for however many years in a row. It's kind of sad, actually, given that the pirates are historically speaking, like going back to the seventies, I think it was shown on the telecast today, how how good the winning percentage was for the pirates going all the way back to the seventies and the eighties. And then slowly dwindles all the way to now to 2022 so I, I do agree. Not a lot of smart decisions by the Pirates. And, and you and I had a, had a good look at each other when under he got into that game. And I agree with Billy. Not a lot of great uh, hinge-hitting decisions. I like that he called Heinemann Heineken. I could go for a Heineken. Certainly. I love that,
1: too. <laughs> it, would, it, would, it would have been a lot more interesting of a series if the catcher's name was actually Heineken.
0: Heineken. I, I definitely agree. I, I will say I agree with Billy on this. The Vladdy Jr. AB mm. in the top of the seventh inning. Two guys on, no out. And he swings away immediately and grounds into the double play. This is Dwayne Underwood Jr., Vladdy. This is a guy we just saw last night have to grind out like 30-plus pitches only to give up a huge knock to Bo. Just take a few pitches. Just take a handful of pitches. You're He is more than capable of doing that. He is the best hitter on this team. I feel like by a long, a large margin, or maybe, I don't know, if you want to include George Springer, maybe it's not a huge margin, but he is the best hitter on this team. It's raining at that point. Make him beat you instead of grounding out Yet again, it, it drives me nuts when I see that. And I suspect it drives a lot of Blue Jays fans nuts as well when you see that because Vladdy is so talented. And then immediately after that, too, no, no less against Dwayne Underwood, you get to Oscar Hernandez, like the very next batter. You get to Oscar Hernandez with an RBI single and Alejandro Kirk with a base hit. Just Vladdy can afford to be more patient. And he's not sometimes, which especially against the, the lesser pitchers of major league baseball, not to like crap on Dwayne Underwood jr. I'm sure he's very, very good better than 99% of people out there. who ever thought about playing baseball, but Vladdy jr. Is capable of getting to that guy. And he just, he doesn't wait. He did it again late in the game against uh, Johan Martinez. And he swung at the very first pitch and he did get a good pitch to hit. And if I, the PNC park is a big ballpark as we were discussing off the air before, before Jay's talk, But boy, I mean, I just the ground ball stuff is is a little concerning with Vladdy. I think you know he's talented enough to turn it around, but it happens too often in too big situations for it to not be something we talk about. Essentially,
1: yeah, the launch angle continues to be an issue. This is nothing new. This is something that Vladdy has had to address uh, in his first season in the league, certainly. And last year things sort of got under control. He seemed to be a little more on top of pitches and uh, really driving those. You see, too, whenever he he's hitting like Vladdy and he's hitting balls out of the park, it's never really a towering home run. It's more of a line drive that, that doesn't drop and, 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 and gets out of the park. That's, that's been a thing for Vladdy when it comes to launch angle. And when you talk about situational hitting, I think that that's kind of where that at bat falls here. It's the fact that we saw several almost wild pitches or almost passed balls from, from many of of the pirates pitchers throughout the series, maybe give them a chance to make a mistake before you hack away. Of course, Vladdy jr. Sort of has a green light, I guess to hack at any pitch he wants because we've seen him hit home runs out of pitches that are completely outside the plate. And it is really impressive to see. It just wasn't the moment in where the game was and what the blue Jays needed at that point. And Getting a Vlad- getting Vladdy out, that's a, a big out for any team in any situation, and it's a bad one for the Jays in any situation. So see a couple of pitches, let it go. Try to work out an approach instead of just hacking away at the first pitch. Give the opposing pitcher a chance to make mistakes. Realize that you're Vlad Guerrero Jr. and no one really wants to pitch to you, and so you will probably get a mistake at some point. And if not, then at least work the count a little bit and get familiarized with the pitcher that you're facing a little bit more before you take a big swing, before you try to change the the entire game with one swing. Again, Vladdy is capable of it. He should be thinking that way, but also recognize the situation that the team is in and what they need from you at that point.
0: Before we hit a break, let's go back to the phone lines. 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. Andrew calling in from the nation's capital, Ottawa, Ontario. Andrew, welcome to Jay's Talk.
2: Hey, thanks a lot. I really love you guys. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to start off by doing. That's not bashing the boys and hoping that they come up with a loss tonight. This September. Jays are 3-0. We need to understand what we're in here for. We're playing meaningful baseball in September. The boys, yes, absolutely need to get it done. This is the, not the Tri League. This is the get-or-done league. We're 3-0 in September. We need to pick it up. We need to pitch well. We need to hit well. The boys need to turn it up. And I think this team is fully capable, fully capable of stepping up and bringing meaningful baseball back to Toronto in October. That's all I have to say. Billy, I love you, buddy. We're going for the Jays, win or lose. I don't care what situation we're playing and We're going for the win. We should always be cheering for the boys.
0: Hey, Andrew, appreciate the call. Like, like the positivity. Thanks for calling in, man. Have a good long weekend. I uh, yeah, and I think what Andrew said to I think is just I think it speaks to why when the Jays don't do what you want them to do, it just it's so maddening because they're so so talented. Like I we got some texts, I think it was last night. And someone texted. There was no name on the text, so I didn't read it, but the text said something along the lines of, "Julia, it's like you guys are delusional. The Jays are not a playoff team. The Orioles are going to make the playoffs." That the Orioles very very well make the playoffs. Right now, if the season started today, despite how well the Orioles have played, they would not make the playoffs. The Jays would make the playoffs. So the, the Jays are talented enough. They're a little inconsistent, but they do some very, very entertaining things on the diamond on a on an inning by inning basis. And I hey I appreciate the positivity from Andrew because Uh, I think we're we're also going to need it over the next uh, three weeks because it's going to be even if they manage to gut out wins in every series from now until the end of the season, they're not going to be easy wins. And uh, like uh, Andrew said, it's not the uh, it's not the tri-league and the Blue Jays are going to they're going to do their best. But they got they have to eke out wins against certainly the Orioles, the Rangers. But again, the Rays owes again at Rogers Center, Phillies, Rays, Yankees. Those are all coming up. And uh, I, I do believe the Jays are talented enough to get it done because we have seen them do it, but it's not going to be an easy road.
1: Nothing will be easy. And I think that nothing has been easy since last season. Let's be honest. It's been, it's been a struggle at times. The Blue Jays have looked amazing at other times. But when you look at this roster, when you look at the lineup, who they have in the bullpen, even the bench, right? When everyone is healthy, the depth of the, of the Blue Jays bench, it is really impressive. And this team should be vying for more than the third wild card spot. They do need to get it done. When you look at guys like Guerrero and Hernandez and Kirk, Beau Bichette, again with a hit, scored a run as well. Struck out just once, had a walk. He's seeing the ball so well. One can hope that these are positives that the Blue Jays take away and start to maybe build on that moment, that perfect fabled moment that Blue Jays fans have been waiting for all season when everything clicks. It has not come yet, which may be a good thing, may be a bad thing. It certainly means that that it is possible it is coming, and the Blue Jays have yet to play their best baseball of the season. That's what Ross Atkins said during his media availability when asked, do you think that the Blue Jays have played their best baseball this year? And he straight up said, no, I don't. We can pitch particularly well. We have one of the scariest lineups in the game. Our bullpen is really good. Now we just need to have it all happen at once. Certainly easier said than done. But the Blue Jays can do it because they are talented enough. So it's just a matter of can this lineup stay consistent at time in time and make the most of what the pitching staff has provided, which honestly has been tremendous throughout august and the beginning of september
0: that's julia kreutz from mlb.com i'm show ali you're listening to jay's talk here on the sports net radio network i do want to talk about that pitching staff uh notably ross stripling who we haven't t- talked about at all today so far another another Pretty decent outing from stripling. I do want to get to that, but uh, we'll step aside, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to stripling. We'll get to the appearances from Bass, from certainly a little bit more on Jordan Romano. We saw Phelps today in this ball ballgame. Uh, what to expect from the bull game, bullpen tomorrow's game. And then certainly the Bet365 standings update as well. But that's all straight ahead on Jay's Talk, Show and Julia on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali Julia Kreutz with you until the top of the hour as we break down the Jays 4 3 win. They complete the sweep of the Pirates at PNC Park. Jordan Romano slamming the door in the ninth inning. Taking your calls, your texts here until the top of the hour, like we said. Uh, before we get back to the calls and texts, though, let's go to the Bet365 standings update. Just download the app and see for yourself why Bet365 is the world's favorite sports book. 19 plus play responsibly Ontario only. So entering play today because the blue Jays pirates game was the very first game of the afternoon, which means that all the other ball games are, I think still going on essentially that at least the ones that are, that matter to us. So Yankees entering play today, 79 and 54, the rays 74 and 57, four games back of the Yankees, the blue Jays with the win are 73 and 59. So they are five and a half games back of the Yankees and one and a half games back of, of the Rays, uh, Baltimore seventy-one and sixty-one on the season, and Boston sixty-six and sixty-eight. And uh, last I checked, Oakland was actually holding Bo- or uh, holding a Baltimore. I think it was three nothing last I checked. Now four uh, nothing. The Rays, I believe, are up still. Or pardon me, are still trailing the Yankees one nothing on Aaron Judge's fifty-third home run of the year. Uh, it's just it's a lot of a lot of action going on right now. But if the Rays do come back, that division lead will be uh, even tighter. So as things stand, entering play, Rays, Mariners, Jays, one, two, three in the wild card race. And of course, the Baltimore Orioles, again, two games back to the Blue Jays. So that's that number, though, that two games back of the Jays, that number in some fashion is going to change after I guess what is it Wednesday? At the at the conclusion of Wednesday we will know if that number has changed Julia because it's uh it's either going to be it's we're either going to see the Orioles in a in a wildcard spot or the Jays will have taken a, a much larger lead for that third spot or even higher.
1: Not a dull moment from now until October 5th. <laughs> no. no.
0: It's, um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I see uh, one here from Peter in Toronto on the text line. The term wild card is so appropriately named, isn't it? I get the feeling we are in for a quote-unquote wild month ahead. Seems like Tampa and Seattle are so hot right now that it's going to be difficult to get the first wild card. If you had a choice between the second and third wild cards, which one would you choose? I think I'd rather face Cleveland over Seattle or Tampa, so then it would be best you get the third wild card. Your thoughts?
1: That's a great point. That really is. When you look at the way that the Mariners have been playing of late, and when you look at the uh, maybe the difficulties that the Guardians have run into lately, it is, uh, I guess, preferable. Not that anyone is is trying to pick opponents. I don't think that any team is thinking along those lines at this point. You're just trying to to make the most of the season and, and, and get as high as you possibly can in the standings. That said... Either the Twins or the Guardians or who knows even the White Sox. It seems like it would be it would be a more well balanced or an, an "quote unquote" easier matchup than the Mariners, just based on how hot they have been in the second half of the season. It, it's been pretty remarkable to, to watch the way that the Mariners have sort of pulled their season together.
0: It would be nice if Cleveland helped the Jays out and just did literally anything. Just do something, Cleveland. Help the help the Jays out with a, a couple of runs here or there against the Mariners. Although having said that, in, in a three game series, and I kind of agree with Peter of in, a, in avoiding Seattle because a three game series, you're throwing out for your pitchers. If you're Seattle, you're throwing out Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert, and I would imagine Luis Castillo, and that's that's a pretty good three uh three set of three pitchers as you could probably get of any of the wildcard teams so i i kind of agree with peter maybe avoid them if possible but hey i think look the, at the same time if you want to win the world series you want to go deep in the playoffs you're gonna to have to beat these teams at some point yeah you're and not so, picking
1: opponents if you yeah, want to win the world series yeah. for sure you're
0: gonna to have to do you're gonna to have to get on get on them at at some point be it in the wildcard series or in the alds the alcs
1: what i would say though show is this the blue jays hold an advantage and i'm not saying that is it is an unfair advantage i don't believe that i think that at this point anything goes and, and everyone is aware of the rules but the blue jays do would hold an advantage should they play at home because it might be the case that some players of the opposite team are missing or there would be sort of a, a mad scramble right. to vaccinate everyone in time in time for the wild card series so there might be value in vying for a, a higher uh, seed in the wild card standings than third because it would give you somewhat of an advantage there. It was Rocco Baldelli show who said when the Twins came to play here and they were missing a few guys, a few important guys mm-hmm. at that. Yep. I asked him basically, if should your team, team make the playoffs? Will this be a conversation again? Because obviously no one is really having those conversations anymore. The information is out there. The education is out there. Players have made their decisions. How do you balance that with the fact that if you're a playoff team, you might have to come into Canada and play play the Blue Jays? And he said, look, if that is the case, 100% it needs to be a conversation again because I don't think anyone expects to come into Toronto with a depleted squad and beat the Blue Jays in a playoff series. It's just... It's, it's putting yourself in a, in a pretty precarious position off the bat. So that will also be an interesting one and maybe a little bit more motivation for the Blue Jays to not pick opponents so much as, as vie for the, for the highest spot they possibly can.
0: Yeah, it'll be a it'll be a fascinating conversation. Should that become an issue? I, I mean, Robbie Ray is a popular name. We often talk about when it comes to the Mariners, and I don't know if he's gotten the vax or not. They kind of, really, I mean, they haven't really had to talk about it because they're not coming back to Toronto unless it's a, for a playoff series. But that's that's obviously a big one. Uh, I'd like to think that he will just get it, if only to avoid being public enemy number one <laughs> in Seattle for a team whose playoff trot is old enough to drink. I think you uh, would would want to have your best players. When um, if if it if it if it came to coming to Canada, um, let's go back to the the text line and the phone lines here. And on the text line, I see a couple of texts about Ross Stripling. And I'll just say this: He did give up the home run to O'Neill Cruz today. It was a blistering. Ben called it a frozen rope. That thing looked like I, I don't know what the launch angle on it was, but it was a, an absolute laser beam right into the Jays bullpen at PNC Park. This is from Sportsnet stats on Ross Stripling since joining the rejoining the rotation on June sixth. 14 starts an ERA of 2.52, a whip of 0. 0.93 and the opponent's batting average 2.14. He an, I, honestly another very good appearance from Stripling. I know he gave up a couple of walks there and I think it was the 4th inning, the laser beam of a home run in the 5th, the final line, 6 innings pitched, 2 hits, 3 earned runs, 3 walks, 8 strikeouts, the one home run to Cruz over 95 pitches. A uh, Ross Stripling, very very good. Uh, very consistent I should say as well even though it might have been a a more down outing for him I do you think quickly Julia that maybe stripling is I I don't know if we should be having the two times through the order thing with stripling again because they've kind of let that slide a little bit because he's been so good I don't know if I'm quite there with him yet because he has been one of the perhaps unsung heroes of this season but uh, stripling I'm I'm not sure if it's like the book is more out on him so people are just maybe know he likes to use that change up in the sinker combo but Hey, I mean, again, three earned runs, and you could probably make the argument that the Van Meter double should have been caught, so probably not being helped out too much by the defense on that one.
1: Okay, so first of all, launch angle on that home run, 16.
0: (laughs) Okay. Which is not normal. No, it's not. (laughs) Uh,
1: As for Ross Stripling, yeah, I think that the the twice-through-the-order narrative is... uh, Tired, I think that it's, uh, it's time to move on and let him do his thing. He's proven that he is a solid starter for this team. Eight strikeouts today. It was a, a highly lefty-heavy lineup that the Pirates uh, put forward, and he said, guess what? I'm just going to throw my changeup more often, and I'm going to generate a ton of swing and misses out of that. So, sure, the book is out, and that means that teams are going to make adjustments, but what he showed today is that he can adjust right back. Yes, he surrendered a couple walks. He surrendered three earned un- un- runs, but all things considered, I wouldn't even say that that was a shaky or an off outing for him. I thought that he he did extremely well with what he was given. Yes, a couple of missteps off en- or defensively there, it could have been a little bit different for him. Overall, you'll take that every single time from Ross Stripling. It 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 really is remarkable to see what he's done. And the eight strikeouts for me is, is Ooh, what's most impressive yeah. about it. We're not yeah. used to seeing that many strikeouts from him in a single outing really does show that he's up for the assignment. And if you're going to adjust to him, he's going to go back to the drawing board and figure out what he can do to get out in a, in a different way, which is something that not every starter can say they can do on the fly. So very, very impressed with, uh, with stripling exactly who the blue Jays need him to be moving forward
0: and I'll say this before we go too because there are a lot of texts on Whit Merrifield today I wasn't a huge fan of Whit Merrifield in the lineup let's say over Jackie Bradley Jr. and uh, lots of texts kind of kind of bagging on him and I'll say this the, the route he took to get to that Van Meter double in the bottom of the fourth that was a weird route but kind of on him and Lourdes strange routes to get to the ball out they're kind of curling all over the place when the lineup was released I had said to you in the pregame show, I was surprised to see Merrifield in center field over Jackie Bradley Jr. I know Merrifield knocked in the game's first run but I did expect to see JBJ out there if Springer wasn't going to be in the lineup up today like that van meter double had an expected batting average of 180 180 i just i feel like going forward most people would be more comfortable at seeing jackie bradley jr but uh hey i think uh, the blue jay still got a win they got the series sweep and uh, a win is a win is a win right julia
1: learning opportunities all around the sweep is what matters and all the momentum in the world on their side as they head to baltimore
0: that's julia kreuz that does it for jay's talk tonight Appreciate the calls and texts as always. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Links meat snacks. Feature Wildside baseball fans. Jays beat the Pirates 4-3 for the series sweep. Tomorrow, the doubleheader in Baltimore. Lots of baseball ahead. Blake Murphy has Jays talk for you throughout the doubleheader. For Julia, Tom, Brett, I'm Show. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We'll talk to you later.